This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Well, welcome, and thanks for tuning in. I will talk about childhood, but I'm sure your most burning question just now is where is Loughborough, which is actually pronounced Loughborough. And here is Loughborough. It is in the very epicenter of the known universe, about 100 miles from this small village called London, nearer to Birmingham. Loughborough University is in the top 10 in the UK, should be better known around the world. It is very well known for sports, but we also have a wonderful um, human biology uh, program there as well. Well, what is the human ape difference? If I sent you to the store to buy a child, would you know what to look for? And I think you would know in the human case, but what about apes? You're looking here at a photograph of one of the most famous female chimpanzees, Fifi, and two of her sons. Fifi was studied by Jane Goodall for many years. Fifi is this tremendously successful mother. I'll show you her reproductive history in a moment. She provides all the care for her infants, and she doesn't really have time or resources or energy to invest in her older offspring, like Ferdinand here, or really any of her grand offspring. Fifi is like most mother chimpanzees. During her offspring infancy, she must provide milk by lactation. That takes place, that lactation takes place over four and a half to five years in chimpanzees, a little longer in orangutans, a little less in gorillas, but it's a long period of time. Humans also nurse our young. By definition, all mammals nurse their young. But humans add a few twists to this nursing. Humans can provide milk by lactation or by some canny imitation of lactation, such as a formula. And humans can even add what we call complementary feeding. Now, this painting from um, the 1500s by Martin de Vos uh, shows a very special infant right here. And uh, the sister uh, half-sisters of Mary are depicted all around her. This one is nursing an infant, and this one over here is providing what we call complementary food, a, a, a gruel or a porridge to this infant. So human mothers already have other strategies besides breastfeeding their infants in order to care for them. Human mothers also do not nurse their infants for the four and a half to five years that chimpanzees do. Human mothers typically nurse their infants for less than three years. We can look here at a synopsis of what is called human life history by stages of feeding. Of course, before birth, feeding was done via the mother's placenta. After birth, during infancy, we have feeding by lactation or formula, and very often, by the age of three months or so, some complementary foods. But by about age three, most mothers are finished breastfeeding and feed their young 
uh, more uh, variety of complementary foods. But the mothers don't have to do this because the child now at three years of age until about seven years of age is capable of eating watered down or processed versions of adult food. Anybody can feed a child. It does not have to be the mother. So the mother can go on and have another infant while grandmother, aunts, older brothers and sisters, sometimes even fathers have been known to care for their children. Following human childhood at about seven years of age is a period that we share with chimpanzees called the juvenile period. Juveniles have to feed themselves. Well, of course, human seven-year-olds usually don't do all of their own food preparation and feeding, but seven-year-old humans can do quite a bit. They can be helpers uh, helping in their families, helping with the care and feeding of even younger brothers and sisters. And, you know, so-called street children around the world, young people who are often out on their own on the streets, are not, in fact, children at all. Uh, our research has shown that the youngest people on the streets are in, in countries around the world are six and a half, seven years of age, who are really juveniles and able to take care of themselves. Childhood shows up not only in styles of feeding, but also in the way we physically grow. Here we have a curves of growth for boys and girls. Boys and girls are about the same height. We're looking at height in centimeters from birth until about age 22. They're about the same height until puberty. Girls usually hit puberty a couple of years before boys do. Girls are a bit taller for a couple of years. Then boys begin their puberty. And because their puberty, their adolescence really is more intense and prolonged, end up about 12, 13 centimeters, five to six inches taller on average as young men than do women. More telling than the amount of growth is the rate at which we grow. From birth till about three, infants are growing, human infants are growing very fast, but at a very steeply decelerating rate. Somewhere at about age three, that steep deceleration begins to level out and by six, seven years of age, becomes a steady six to seven centimeters per year. That is the childhood period, this change in growth rate from very steeply decelerating to more steady. And then at the end of childhood, there's a further deceleration during the juvenile stage. At puberty, growth rates accelerate again, and both a typical girl and typical boy have a very noticeable adolescent growth spurt. If you have adolescence, or had adolescence at home, I'm sure you noticed it. Eventually you reach a peak, then growth decelerates again, and the mature adult develops at the end of that period of growth in height, growth of the skeleton. Good idea to wait until your own body growth is finished before you start having babies, because um, Young women who have babies while they're still growing themselves often have health problems for the mother or for the baby or for both. So the full features of human life history go from infancy to childhood, juvenile, adolescent, and adult stages. This is a young Charles Darwin, and he made many observations about biological evolution, of course, but also about human 
and non-human animal behavior. He was a big fan of photography. And here is Charles Darwin depicted with his oldest son, William Erasmus Darwin, when little Bill here was about three years of age. Notice that William is dressed in a dress. Boys and girls were not dressed in gender-specific clothing until late in the childhood period, about six, seven years of age. The Victorians and others knew that until about the juvenile stage, human infants and human children were very similar, whether they were boys or whether they were girls. It's not Charles Darwin that I want to focus on, however. It's his wife, the mother of uh, William. Here is Emma Darwin at about age 32. And here she is in a photograph at about age 72. She died at the age of 88 in 1896. During her lifetime, Emma Darwin gave birth to 10 children. The first at age 31. We think that's relatively late in the historic past, but Emma waited until she was 31. Then she cranked them out quite quickly because she had those 10 children between her 31st and 48th birthday. Seven of those babies survived to adulthood. Here we can see Emma's life history. Here's her birth, here's her death, and at age 31, she has her first, then second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, tenth birth. This is not one of her births. This is the Darwin's grandson, Bernard, whose mother died in childbirth. Darwin's adopted Bernard. That's another difference between humans and chimpanzees. The literature sometimes talks about chimpanzee adoption, but in fact, chimpanzees do not adopt the offspring of others and care for them, feed them, especially when they're infants, the way humans uh, do. Here is Fifi again, and here is her birth and her death and her nine births. Fifi is an outlier among chimpanzees. Most chimpanzees have five or six births during their lifetime, female chimpanzees, and only two survive to adulthood. In Fifi's case, out of her nine, I believe seven survived. Um, but notice how Fifi has to space out her births because while she is nursing her current infant, she cannot have another pregnancy or birth. She has to wait till that infant is essentially finished nursing. Whereas Emma Darwin could stack them and crowd her births together. Probably Emma had wet nurses to help feed her infants. But even without any help, uh, human women today can have successful births every 18 months, two years, without compromising the health of the previous born infant. So chimpanzee mothers care for their current infant for four to five years and on average have a new baby every 5.9, six years. Even so, only about two thirds of their live born babies survive to adulthood. In contrast, people have more babies maybe not as many as Emma Darwin, but people have more babies. The world has more than 7 billion people and chimpanzees are an endangered species. So people can out-reproduce chimpanzees. And one reason for that is childhood, which frees the human mother from nursing and caring for her current infant. 
other people can take care of that child while the mother goes on and has another baby. In the, uh, through historic times and in traditional societies, 50 per to 60% of live-born infants survive to adulthood. And in modern, wealthier nations, over 90%, in fact, closer to 98% of live-born, healthy infants will survive to adulthood. And here's just one photograph from my fieldwork in uh, Portugal with Cape Verdean and Portuguese uh, juveniles who are doing quite well. This painting encapsulates human life history, Tornado Over Kansas by John Stuart Curry. You have the infant in its mother's arms, indicating the attention and care that the mother must provide infants. Here is the child being guided to the storm cellar by her father. She may not know what's going on, but she understands that the father, someone other than the mother, can care and protect her. The juvenile boy, who still has the rosy cheeks of his uh, younger sister, is old enough to take care of himself and save the cat. And finally, the adolescent boy, who's starting to get the broad shoulders of his father, with all that testosterone running through his body, even pushes up his cowlick over here. He can save the puppies of the mother dog. Then, of course, we have the reproductively mature and economically mature adults. So, in the few minutes that I have remaining, I'm going to talk about when did childhood evolve in the fossil record. So, let's take a look at the living apes. We have humans, bonobos, chimpanzees, gorillas, and orangutan. One thing that separates all those non-human apes from the human ape is they have 48 chromosomes and 24 pairs. We have 46 and 23 pairs. Does this have something to do with the evolution of childhood? The answer is we do not know. We do know that some six or more million years ago, the living chimpanzees, bonobos, and living humans shared an extinct common ancestor. We do not know exactly who that was. There are some good guesses, but I can't say for sure who it was. We don't know exactly when the different stages of human life history versus chimpanzee and non-human ape life history evolved, but that is a very active question in research. One of the first hominin fossils to be discovered is this Taung baby from the site of Taung in South Africa, Australopithecus africanus, as it's known technically today. This individual was about 2.3 million years old at the time of death. death. We know that it was an infant because it had all of its baby teeth, its milk teeth, except its first permanent molar had just erupted. We also know that as adults, these Australopithecus africanus individuals had brain sizes about 440 cubic centimeters, which is about one-third the size of modern human brains. So, based on its teeth, Comparing it with modern humans and with apes, we know that it was about three years old at the time of death. We also know that given its dental development and what we can see from its skull, we have no other parts of the body, just the skull, it had a chimpanzee-like pattern of growth. It may have walked on two legs, but it still grew up like a chimpanzee, meaning infancy, juvenile, and then adult stage, no childhood. There are other species of Australopithecus, the older Australopithecus afarensis, so-called Lucy, as far back as almost 4 million years, and Australopithecus sediba, 
this adult female and uh, this, excuse me, uh, juvenile male and this adult female were discovered in South Africa about 2 million years old. I worked on the Sediba juvenile remains to try to determine its state of maturation at the time of death. We know that it was still growing because we can see the evidence from the skeleton that there are still lines of growth at the ends of the bones. Here's the upper arm bone, the humerus, and this is called the epiphysis where growth is taking place so that the arm bones can get longer. And we also looked at epiphyses in the hips, the upper leg bone, in the shoulders, in the heel bone, the calcaneus. Suffice it to say that we conclude that the skeletal remains of this juvenile male Australopithecus sediba are consistent with an ape-like pattern of maturity. No childhood, it was still growing up like an ape, even though we could walk on two legs. A bit later in time, we have Homo erectus. This is an image of what is the most complete skeleton of any fossil ancestor until we get to modern humans. So we know a lot about this boy. You can see the epiphyses. We know that he was still growing. You can see that black line just there, just here, and elsewhere at the knees as well. We know he was about eight years old based on careful studies of the formation of the teeth. He was quite tall, over five feet tall. He had a cranial size of 900 cubic centimeters. I emphasize brain size uh, because uh, brains probably have something to do with the evolution of childhood and then later uh, human adolescence. He seems to have had childhood based on the way that leg bones are forming and the timing of the skeletal, the skeletal maturation versus the teeth, but there's no evidence that he had real adolescence. The full flower of human growth and development with infancy, childhood, juvenile, adolescent, and adult development probably evolved with the evolution of our own genus and species, Homo sapiens. The oldest evidence for that is now about 300,000 years ago from Morocco. These fossils were redated uh, just a few years ago, and uh, most likely uh, what we can really call a human pattern of growth and really a human way of life is no older than 300,000 years ago. Today, of course, we have the full pattern of human life. We, I think that uh, it was childhood that was the kickoff for what has become the human way of, of, of living. That childhood was the basis for the evolution of human culture. We have today people, these are Maya people in Highland, Guatemala, where I worked for several years. Um, uh, all people have what I call biocultural reproduction, a style of taking care of having babies and taking care of babies, which is unique to our species. It depends on rules for marriage and for kinship. And here we have the grandmother, who is actually the mother-in-law of all these women. All these adult women have married one of the sons of this mother-in-law, they're having babies, here's one infant, but they also have children, and older individuals, juveniles, often take care of the children. Remember, children don't have to be nursed or fed or cared for by their mothers. Other people can do that. And we have lots of rules in our societies for who takes care of children and how they take care of children and when they take care of children. And all that started maybe in Homo erectus times.
all the daughters-in-law here work cooperatively to take care of themselves, their own infants and children and juveniles, and each other. That is a unique way of, of, of living found only in the human species. Again, chimpanzees don't take care of each other's infants or juveniles. People, however, well, we have to take care of each other. There's no other way to do it. Thank you very much. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.